Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersina, from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Good morning, everyone. And what a dark morning it was. Yes, the thunder, and you can see the dark skies. And I thought, isn't the sun ever going to come out this morning? Is it raining in your area? Are you getting moisture in the ground after that little bit of heat that we had? It's just going to add to a little bit of humidity that's going to be happening. But it gives us opportunity to talk about gardening. And, of course, what happens in the rain? It's so much easier to pick out the weeds. But I have to say also, too, that... um, this week, seeing the granddaughters and seeing in the garden, I'm seeing a little bit of a, a twist that's coming to them. One enjoys the little garden pool we have, while one other one finds the sound of the bee in the garden. Yes, we may have a gardener coming up ahead. It makes me proud. The song of the bee is the poem this morning. Please listen. Buzz, buzz, buzz. This is the song of the bee. His legs are of yellow, a jolly good fellow, and yet a great worker, is he? In the days that are sunny, he's getting his honey. In the days that are cloudy, he's making his wax. On pinks and on lilies, on gay daffodils and columbine blossoms, he levies a tax. Buzz, 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 the sweet-smelling clover, he humming hangs over the scent of the roses makes fragrant his wings he never gets lazy from thistle and daisy and weeds of the meadow some treasure he brings buzz 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 from morning's first light till the coming of night he's singing and toiling the summer day through oh we may get weary and think work is dreary "'Tis harder by far to have nothing to do.'" Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal. The lines are open, so if you want to talk about gardening, 1-800-374-3315. And gardening may even include some uh, gourmet ideas of what you're going to be making from your gardens. But we're going to go right to the lines. Mary's been waiting. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Good morning. Where are you calling from this morning? Luminort. Bloomer, I know where you are. Hey, did you get rain this morning? Yes, we did. Yeah, it, what? That was a dark morning, wasn't it? It yes. was just. <laughs> it was gonna just let Not loose. What I, I think. expected. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I thought it was gonna come down a little bit uh, more than what it actually did. So I was quite surprised. Well, I just watered my garden or my uh, lawn yesterday, so I didn't need the rain today. <laughs> well, it's just it's gonna make it so so lush. You have to, uh, like, I'm looking at the lawns as I'm going around, and the lawn is such a contrast from what we had last year. It's kind of ni- nice to be able to uh, well, go barefoot. Well, it was barefoot. nice and green to begin with. Yeah. It's nice to be able to tickle our toes in that grass this year rather than a little bit of stubble we had last year. Yeah, well, I watered a lot last year. Well, you had a good uh, well service there. That's yes. good. Yes, yeah. I did. I didn't nope. have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
That's that's a good thing. That's a good thing. How can we help you this morning on the Lawn and Garden Journal? When is the best time to transplant peonies? Uh, usually with peonies, I like to sort of, well, in mine is A, after they have bloomed. Uh, you could do that. Give it a little bit of time for those seed heads. Uh, once the flowers are on there, you can sort of see the development. See, I have the early peonies. Okay, so if they've gone through... Um, mid to late summer is usually the time that you could do it because any time we want to lift something, um, there's kind of a general rule of thumb. It, if it's, if it's spring blooming, do it late. If it's late blooming, do it early. So peonies and all that, I like to see it, uh, done in the fall because they've already been blooming and, you know, you oh, don't okay. want it. Yeah, you don't want to disrupt it in the spring because it's getting all its energy to give you that wow factor of all those blooms, right? Right. Yeah, so if you're going to do it, um, it's always advisory if we're gardening in excessive heat. Make sure you dig your hole where you want the new location first and then lift and then it allows for less time out of ground. Okay? Okay. Yeah, and the other thing too, um, I know that we're adding more moisture, but... When you're digging your hole, um, I don't know what your soil conditions are, but here in the city, we're very clay-based. So when you dig your hole, if it's in a new area, uh, we have to remember that our soils are very compacted. So um, if you've got that scoop shovel, just make sure that you're slicing some lines into that pre-existing soil or clay so that it's not a smooth bowl look. We want to make sure that when the new roots radiate into the new soil, uh, it's, it's not hitting that smooth size. It's got some crevices and cracks in there that it'll help to uh, bite into the new soil, okay? Well, I had no trouble getting them going. They're under my trees. And now my trees are so big that we lost the, the sight of the, of the peonies. <laughs> I, I know where you're going from because I, I have one lilac tree that uh, I think uh, even here sometimes they get mislabeled and it was supposed to go to about four to five feet. So at a young stage, it was hard to see whether if it was a Meyer lilac or a different variety. So I too have a peony that's under a eight foot lilac bush that needs to be moved. So I, I, feel, your, uh, I feel your inspiration of wanting to get it moved. So, okay. okay, so I'll do it in fall. Yep, you can do it in the late, uh, early to late because you still... Remember, when we move something, uh, we want to encourage the root growth to get it established yes. before it goes into winter. So if you, um, the other part, there's so much So to how do. early in fall can I do it? You could do it September. Okay. Yeah, early September, uh, you know, end of August, early September. Uh, just We call it our second planting season in the garden world because okay. that's when... Uh, well, I had one peony root that I had planted in my, in my flower bed. And it looked very pathetic this spring. <laughs> but it, I watered it and fertilized it, and finally I got it growing. I had one flower on it on that one stem. <laughs> well, next year it will give you some more. Just remember, in the first years when we establish something or if we disrupt something, we really want to put... And it was a beautiful pink, big bikini. <laughs> oh, was it? oh, I love pink peonies. They're just so gorgeous, so gorgeous. But just remember, too, put some bone meal or some root rescue in the bottom of the hole so that you get some uh, establishment of new root growth, okay? And sheep manure. 
Oh, you could put a little, yeah, well composted. Well composted sheet manure, not not fresh. Well, I buy okay. mine, so oh, sure good. that's... Yep. Yeah, yeah, it'll be well composted. Does wonders for my flowers. Yeah, and make sure that you keep it in proportion because high nitrogen and using too much uh, fertilizer uh, causes more upper greenery and growth, and it kind of delays our blooming, okay? Okay. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Okay, thank you for calling, Mary. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Enjoy the day, and we hope that the sun comes out uh, so that we can get out in our garden, and after that nice little rain, I know that... uh, Sometime, I'll be out there picking some weeds myself. All right? And I have to say, our gardens right now are looking beautiful. The colors are gorgeous. And I, yeah, you know what? It is. It's stunning. You, you drive by these gardens and you're always looking at everyone's yards to say how beautiful they are. We're going to go right back to lines and Henry is next. Hello, Henry. Good morning, Carla. Well, hello. How are you? I am fine. And how are you? I'm very well, thank you. I have a question for you. Sure. You know, I cut grass. Uh, my lot is about an uh, acre and a half, four hours of grass to cut. Every spring I have a million dandelions. This year I have seen only one honeybee. Ooh. What happens to the plants without bees? Well, um, there definitely there's lack of the pollinators that you're going to see. But, um <coughs> I don't know if there's been reported lack of bees this year, um, but I must say um, if you came to Winnipeg, we could tell you that we probably had all the dandelions in Winnipeg this spring. It was floods of yellow everywhere that's on there. Um, I don't know what would affect the lack of... um, Are you seeing less bees, Henry, in your area, or is it just the lack of the dandelion? Uh, We have... uh about three doors down from us, we have Marge's uh, Organic Gardens, and they have uh, honeybee hives. Well, their honeybee hives, <clears throat> excuse me, pretty well all got killed off over the winter. Yeah. So yeah. there is no bees going around. You know, we have a field, 1,800 acres across the road from us. Usually he puts granola in there. Well, there's tons of bees. But, I mean... Um, you know, years ago, I remember about five years ago, I was cutting my same uh, grass, all the uh, dandelions. I didn't have the heart to cut them because on every dandelion there was a honeybee. Oh. But this year, I have only seen one. I don't even see no yellow jackets, no nothing. Yeah. What's going to pollinate our cucumbers and tomatoes? Well, in, that's actually one of the notes that I have down on here because I know that in our backyard when I had... Uh, uh, ruby and violet in the garden we saw a little bee and i know where you're coming from because we have a gentleman that uh this spring that parked a couple of his overwintered some of his hives just the south of our property and the winter was hard on them because of the length of time that's on there and he even said that he had lost a few from his colonies because of the weather yes. that's on there so i think in cycles in nature um we may see the the ebbs and flows of insects. We see that on bad insects as well as good insects. So we just have to hope that the colonies repopulate themselves and get them going, um, you know, so that we can have those pollinators that are out there. Some but, of the- you, you know, a friend of ours said that, you know, it, it's kind of like a cycle, that if there is no bees in five years, there'll be no plants. 
Well, let's not think of that. I, I well, want to no, think you know what? The, I way, know. the way this world is coming to, sometimes I wonder when is the good Lord going to pull the pin? Yeah. Well, that's a that's a call that we have to hope that we not get. Yeah, but, but I, I'm uh, I'm still worried. I've got beautiful round tomatoes, but how is it getting pollinated? I mean, well, where my tomatoes is, it doesn't get the wind very much. Yeah. Well, in some aspects of what we're doing is, if there are some listeners that are out there, I know I'm a great one for doing an activity uh, with the grandkids where I get a little paintbrush and I go from one to another. And I know that this is going to be a problem if there's uh, areas where you have larger crops. You're, you're physically not going to be able to do this. But the percentage of some of them are taking even a male blossom and a female blossom, removing one from it and going through it or using a paintbrush or a Q-tip where we could do some aid in getting our vegetable crops to do. But on a larger scale, we know that that's not realistic. Okay. Well, you know what? Um, Feather dusters aren't that expensive, and they work excellent, and they don't harm the plant. Well, there you go. I love that idea. I and love uh, that idea. but maybe that'll be our only recourse to pollinate those plants because if you say pick the male, how do you know which is the male, which is the female? Uh, the female that's on there, because sometimes you know, if if I have a very large crop, and sometimes I admit I will even pick some blossoms off because I have a very small lot. So I do it mostly for the fun and for the girls, and I'll pick some of the older, the ones that are the newer ones, so I can get the pollination on my older ones first. Uh, the female ones will have a bulbous set on the inside when it starts to uh, develop the flower. So yes. you can tell that there's a bulbous set, and it's the flower ovary that's in the inside. If you oh, want to really yeah. Look at it. Okay. This, this year, have you heard from my friend Art from Winnipeg? The fella that in, win, in spring, when there's a foot of snow, he's got garlic growing a foot tall. I don't think I've heard from him. I don't think I've heard from him. But <laughs> I'm sure too. he's probably listening and he'll probably call. Yes, because I haven't heard. But Carla, always enjoy your show. Well, thank you, Henry, for listening. And you know what? I always remember you, and it's always the, the black and white story about this Hey, stuff. Carla, i got to ask one last thing. We are in a process of possibly <clears throat> moving. We have uh, 12 cats in the house. Does anybody need good house pets that are fixed, that are indoor, outdoor cats? Well, I don't know, but I'm sure if you leave your name with uh, Sasha here, if anyone calls into the show, we'll send them your way. Okay, Henry? Okay, I will do that. Okay. Thanks. Thank you, Henry. Bye-bye. It's, if we can help it out and we can save a cat, if there's someone like maybe that's out there that would like one, you know where we can call us on the line. I know that when you visit our garden center, we have a little bit of a, um, we love our cats here. I think one of them, if you've ever visited our location, is called Pepper. Yes, if you visit us, all our cats are named for plants. Pepper, uh, Juniper, and Annabella Hydrangea, which we normally call her Bella. So it's part of the, part of our being, is our, our pets, our gardens, and our plants. Who would know? So, Let's go right back to line. It's going to be a busy morning. Teresa is waiting. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm very well, thank you. How can we help you on uh, the Lawn and Garden Journal? Okay, I have two um, raspberry plants, one overwintered in the box, and I've got another one this year. Um, they're really bushy. Do I, 
I don't know. I've never had raspberry bushes before. What do I do? I notice that there's some that are little raspberries that are coming on the older bush. Do I trim them, or what do I do? Okay, sorry, you have them growing in boxes or in the garden? In in a plant box, like not not in the ground. Oh, you overwintered it in a planter box? Yes, and I was surprised it came back. Yeah, you know what? That reminds in some instances, um, we do have this because, A, if you're able to have uh, a shrub overwinter, I know you're just bringing me back to mom and dad where they used to do a bunch of uh, grapes and leave the grapes dry in the shed and versus uh, digging up all the little seedlings of cedars and spruce trees to, to winter over. There is a chance of overwintering them, so you've done a very good job. Uh, if your raspberries, if they're growing, uh, they require a fair bit of space. So are you thinking of growing them in the pot continually, or are you going to be putting them in the garden? I, I don't have a garden available, so I will leave them in the box. Okay. How big is your box? Oh, two feet by maybe three, something like that. Okay. So it depends on the variety of uh, raspberry that you have. Do you remember the raspberry... Actually, no, I bought it from the farmer's market, and I don't, I don't know what it is. Okay, so there's some that are early blooming, some that are late blooming, and some of them are actually called uh, primacanes and heritage-type ones that are on there. So if it depends on the variety that you have, some of the raspberries will grow on the new canes, and some will grow off of the old canes right. that's on there. Okay. So. When they, they have a tendency to sucker, they will come up on the, like, if you're seeing a lot of suckering that's right. on it, um, it's kind of like if you grew them in your garden, some of the raspberries are going to spread four feet, five feet wide. So if you have very old woody canes that are on still that came up in your box, you can prune those out to encourage more growth that's on there. Okay? Okay. All right. And... Possibly because you're growing it into, um, you're growing them in a box, you'll probably want to subsidize some fertilizer with them. Right. Okay, so some from some feed. All right. One of the things, um, if you want to go a little bit of on the organic side, uh, I like sea soil. So you can add some sea soil to those boxes to promote the growth that's on there. But at some point, you may have to... Um, you know, uh, add some soil or give them into bigger boxes because right. the tendency is that they're going to grow quick, right, and wider. Okay. Yeah, it's fun to grow, right? Right. Yeah, we actually, um, in even in here, uh, we have uh, uh, blueberries, uh, three blueberries in one huge container. So, A, you may want to make your box a little bit bigger to get more fruiting that's on there. Uh, more branching, more stemming coming up, then hence you're going to have more fruit, right? Okay. Okay? Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for calling. You're welcome. Okay. Everything happens, and um, even with the other areas where we're going into the capacity of fruits and vegetables, uh, it's nice to see that we're able to grow things containerized in balconies and, and planters, that we can harvest because we know the cost of food uh, is has gone up. So it's wonderful. And you have to admit that the taste of something homegrown that's from your own garden supersedes anything 
that you can get from maybe a grocery store that's out there. Unless you're heading to the farmer's market where you're getting something locally grown and uh, cared for wonderfully. Your recipes, your families will love the taste of fresh and homegrown. And the conversations of gardening, there are so many different things to think about from going away to the cottage. What do you do with your containers or with your garden? What do you do, right? Right to issues that were happening with all the aphids and the woolly aphids and just thinking of different ways that we can maybe treat plants that maybe have had too much moisture and adjusting the soil by adding sulfur or chelated iron to help to remedy plants to keep them good and healthy. It's all good conversation. And I must say, Sasha and I were just sending a note back and forth saying, hey, it's nice that the callers are calling in. Maybe the rain has them inspired to listen to the show. So we're going to go right back to lines. We have John that's waiting. Good morning, John. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm very well. And yourself? Good. I'm calling from Winkler. Uh, Good morning. We had exactly one inch of rain overnight, so it's wonderful. Oh, that's nice. You know what? It's nice to see some of the crops because we've had some people come in and say as they're driving uh, around about some of the crops look very... um, short this year or a little stress this year so if we can get the proper moisture in the areas where that were dry and dry out the areas that got too much rain it would be a good thing exactly anyhow i have a couple of questions for you here uh number one is you said the other day putting dry grass clippings under your tomato plants is a good idea right yes i um i like using in my area because a backsplash from the ground and Blossom and rot on tomatoes is one of those things that we get sort of, um, it looks beautiful when you see this lush red tomato and then you flip it over and you see the blossom and rot. It's like, oh, it's like taking the air out of the balloon. So watering practices will help to eliminate that. And I find that when I use my dry clippings, I'll put them in a a big air basket and flip them so that they're nice and dry. So I will put them They should be dry and not green, correct? Yes, dry. Because you yep, don't like, want that rotting aspect. Yep, so, yep, yep. dry. Dry okay, is best okay, because, good. yep, it's it's like yep, a mulch, I, right? Yeah. Yep, I like, I like that idea. And number two is, if I want to fertilize my garden to give it a boost, and if I want to do with, like, say, with the fertilizer, uh, the lawn spreader, would I do that in fall or in spring? You can do both. There's a lot, okay. of, uh, a, a lot of practices. If you were going to lay some fertilizers down, uh, spring and fall is the time for that regime of practice to do to encourage growth. Cause okay, and, and what, what grade would I use? Oh, you know what? You've caught me without my um, notes on that one. Um, with the grade that's on there, I would have to follow suit with that. I don't know that off the top of my head on the grass okay. aspect. Okay, okay. But, uh, I can you can give us a call. If you give us a call, then we can let you know what ratios we have for which aspect that's on there. Um, would I do that? Uh, what, what is like? What's your website? Is it goldenwest.ca? No, that is Golden West for Golden West Radio. Us, okay. if you want to, if you want to find us for our website, we're uh, St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center dot com. Like www. If you want to find us on uh, Instagram, yeah. Like, or uh, like if I if I want to send you a question on via 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 text, uh, uh, where would I send that? Well, you could send it to uh, Sasha here. She can give you the email that's in there, okay. and then she can forward it to me directly. 
that's on it. Or okay. if you or if you find us on our website, there is an email address that will go to a, a mailbox that we look at here too as well. Okay, okay. And, and how, how do you spell your website? Uh, com. St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center dot um, Yep. Garden Center. Okay, yep. uh, Garden Center dot com. Okay, and St. Mary's is S T. S T M A R Y S. Yep. Yep. But okay. Sasha and, here and, also and the, too. There's the Golden West Radio because they they are so good at sending me stuff through the Golden West Radio as well. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. That uh, I'll check. I'll send an. I'll send a message down there to see what creative fertilizers you, uh, that you would suggest. Yeah, because, um, like, Ken, I like the the flowers and the food. Ken takes care of the lawn, so I'll make sure, uh, you know, you just caught me with a little bit of a brain hiccup on those ratios. Yep. Okay? Okay, and well, one more thing. If, sure. if I want to, these, these tall grass plants, can I take them spade off a piece and transplant it uh, to get more plants out of it? Are you talking? Is, like, is it tough like rhubarb? Uh, like uh, ornamental grasses? Yeah. No, the ornamental grasses. Hey, you just hit one of the conversations that I had on little notes because the ornamental grasses right now are looking so good. I think it's the added moisture that's in the ground. Ornamental grasses, if you have some, John, you'll have to do it by a root, root, okay? You don't take it from the shafting of the grass above. Um, no, 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 but I would, I would still take a spade and spade off a piece in the ground like I would do a rhubarb plant in fall yes. or in spring. Yes, that, that, yes. That should work well, eh? Because that the, would work. Because the grass plants, have, they're fairly big. They're, they wouldn't wouldn't do them any harm to, uh, tend them, uh, to cut them down a little bit, make them a bit smaller, because they grow fast anyhow. Well, the perennial, or is it the uh, Carl Forster grass that looks like the wheat cheese on the top? Yep. Yeah, okay, so Carl Forster, yes. You can use a spade, dig it out, take a a chunk of it, a piece of it, and transplant it. That is the best way for division. Would that be fall or spring? That one, I like to do them in the spring because, A, here's our trains of thoughts on here. I love leaving my grasses up because those grasses give us some winter interest in the garden. Yeah, right on, right on, right right on. Right? So enjoy the textures. And there's something so beautiful about our grasses that have that horror frost in there when we get it and yep. leaving them mm-hmm. leaving them up higher too uh tufting yep. of those grasses is going to help to hold the snow to help overwinter yep. yep okay good thank you very much appreciate it nice talking to you and i love gardening and uh, we love your gardening tips well thank you so much and you know what we i'm sorry i'm not going to give you a rattle off the ratios of the fertilizers on the grass because Yep. They've changed this year on what our product listings are. So yep. we, I always say if I don't know, we're, we're going to grow and know together, okay? Yep. Okay. okay. Have a great All day. right, John. Yep. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There's so many callers today, and I love that we – I don't know. I will find out for you, but let's find out what Linda's looking for. We have Linda on the line. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Carla. I have a mammoth clematis plant. Two years ago, a rabbit in the wintertime took it off right at the ground, and it still came back mammoth the next year, but it didn't have any blooms. So last year, I thought, okay, this thing is huge again. I took it off at the ground, and it come back, this mammoth plant, but it didn't bloom again. This spring, I didn't have time to whack it back, and it bloomed, but it's still this mammoth clematis that's kind of just going everywhere. Should I trim it back, or how do I, what do I do with this thing now? So it's not blooming? 
Well, it didn't bloom the two years that we took it off at the ground in the spring. But yeah. this spring, I didn't have time to cut it back, and it did bloom. It was full of blooms this year. But this plant is just huge. Okay. So there are some varieties of uh, clematis that, A, it depends on the pruning group that you belong to. And some bloom, some need to grow off of the old wood to bloom and some bloom from the ground. So I'm assuming that you have the one that needs to have the, fo- the old wood up in order for it to bloom off the old branching that's on there. Okay. So what you can do is instead of taking it right down to the ground. Pardon take, me? Instead of taking it right down to the ground, right. take a percentage of it off. So okay. if you find that it's too wild and too big, because some of them do get very dramatic and large. Yeah, like so, this is huge. It's on a heavy steel thing, and it's pulling it forward. It's so heavy. Yeah, okay. So take a percentage of it off. Rather than taking all of it off, okay. take either a third or a half off. And do to, it this time of year or in the spring? I would do it in the spring. So in if you spring. want to, you can do it in the spring. Or the other, the other aspect of it, there's always the what if. And sometimes there's always a different scenario that will work in gardening. That's why it's so great to sort of share information because what hap- what happens one time may not happen another. So if you wanted to do it in the spring, you know where your uh, dieback or winter kill will happen. Right. Whereas if you do it in the fall, uh, you you you're cutting down your chances of other winter kill, so less plant. You see what I mean? Yeah, like it didn't seem to have any winter kill. It was like the brown, but it all leafed out green and then just kept growing from there. Yeah. In the spring, though, if you uh, don't cut it back in the spring, you'll be able to tell that if there is some dead stuff in there, it just gives you that chances. And if everything comes up lush and thick, then go away. Go at it and just uh, do your cutbacks, and then everything will be good. But only take it back, and it should bloom again then next year if I only cut back a third or a half. Yes, because okay. I assume I assume from what you're telling me that it's a variety that needs to have the old wood on there right. to promote the branching. It's I think you've uh, if you've listened to other shows, other plants in categories are like that because it's like uh, lilacs, mock orange, uh, forsythia. Those are the ones that you really want to be be careful when you're cutting sort of them back because you'll be cutting off the bud set for the, that season, right? Okay. Okay? Okay. Okay. I'll give that a try. Thank you very much, Carla. You're very welcome. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. We've gone from everything from clematis to, you know, uh, bumblebees to even conversations of cats. But there's a couple things and there's a couple tips. If we don't have a uh, caller right now, I'm just going to give you a couple tips because vacation time is here. Yes. So what do you do? And this is one of the little conversations that we have is, what do I do with my containers? What do I do with my pots? What do I do with my garden when I take a break? Hey, do gardeners ever take a break? Yes, we do. But our plants don't. So what can you do? Well, on the day prior to going away, give your containers and your gardens a nice healthy drink. If your planters are in full sun, maybe tweak them back a bit so they're in a little bit more shadier location. But a little reminder too, you may want to put one and leave it in the front so it doesn't announce that you're away. There may be that sacrificial pot that may not get as much care or the release of that. Put a little bit of a water reservoir in there 
an inverted bottle or sometimes there's glass orbs that you can do that are like plant nannies that can give you that extra moisture as it wicks down. Trim off a little bit of your foliage of maybe your containers and your hanging baskets because A, if I trim them back, the flowers that are pre-existing that are going to fade will fade off. If I trim them back, they may not be as glorious in their flowers. But what it does is it encourages more branching and setback so that when I am coming home, I'm ready for the new flush of flowers that will be in those containers and floor pots. Do a little bit of a quick deadhead on those as well. Because if you have a time frame for being away, and this is something that should be done right about now anyway. If some things like your petunias are getting a little longer and a little leggier, stop those lead growths so that further branches are made. And when we get more branching, voila, we have more flowers. The other thing that you can do, maybe ask a neighbor if they love gardening, maybe they'll come over and do a little bit of uh, maintenance and gardening for you. Watering is key. I maybe wouldn't ask them to weed, but I would certainly ask them to water my hanging baskets and containers. Or there's opportunity to ask a younger person in the neighborhood Maybe give them a tease of gardening and see if you want to earn a little bit of extra cash this season and do a little bit of gardening for you. Who knows? You might be inspiring. You may be creating the next gardener on your street. It's something to aspire to. All right? So as we go through, those are things that I, we sort of hint to. So you won't want to say, what about the plants? The plants will be cared for. You'll look after it. Now, Other things that I want to, uh, sort of the hot topics that are out there for gardening that we've been going through is uh, there are some aphids happening on a lot of the maple trees that are out there. There's the woolly aphids. What you want to do is maybe take a garden hose, blast them off. I know that it causes the effect of uh, contorted leaves and yellowing on leaves that are on there. These are uh, insects that have those little tendrils that clamp into the leaf structure and start sucking the good moisture out of these leaves causing a little bit of a detriment to it they're unsightly they cause a little bit of browning on your leaves but in essence if we encourage the growth and the sustenance of our trees and our shrubs it'll help to aid and fortify them to be able to grow so placing a little bit of fertilizer in there is optimal as well now I forgot to mention that even when you're going away, uh, what I like to do is if I'm a little bit of absence and I know that I'm going to be super busy even at the garden center, I'm putting a little bit of slow-release fertilizer right about now in end of July that gives me that mainstay that's going to help me for the next few months going ahead. This encourages that if you're not doing a liquid feed all the time, it gives you that constant slow feed that's in there that fortifies your plants. This is also optimal for when you're doing trees and shrubs, getting in some uh, tree stakes around your trees to help to encourage them. That moisture that's locked in the ground is going to slowly wick the nutrients from your uh, fertilizer stakes to your trees and shrubs. Give them that fortification. Let them get healthy that's on there. Now, on the other mainstay, if it's not an aphid that's causing the yellowing on your leaves of your plants, maybe you have plants that have been yellowing due to too much moisture. Yes, the fortify, the, the aspect of gardening can be so struggling that in some instances, overwatering and underwatering show reflectively on the same 
color of a leaf. So are you overwatering or is it underwatering? If it's overwatering, there is a little bit of a remedy that you can do is if there's too much moisture in the ground, if you're in an area where you have very alkaline clay-based soils, uh, what you can do is add, um, it's a home and garden area where it's sulfur 90 is what it's called. And what it actually gives you is it helps to unbind and unlock the iron that is in the ground so that the plants are able to take this up. That's a little bit of a tip. So as you're walking with your coffee cups this afternoon, looking at the gardens, you're going to say, hey, how has this rain affected my garden? Where do I need to go? And one little last tip before we go to commercial. Just because it rained does not mean the water got into the containers or the hanging baskets. Still check these to make sure that the water is optimal on both of those. Thank you for calling in to the Lawn and Garden and Lawn and Lawn and Garden Journal, everyone. Have a great week. We'll be back on the Lawn and Garden Journal next week. Bye-bye, everyone.